Welcome to the Friendly Fire Show, episode 141 for the second day of E3 press conferences. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Survivor, Steve Wright, and with me... Yeah, hey, I'm Stuart. I am the Senior Editor slash... I don't even know anymore, actually. What's my title, Steve? That'll work. Just all around <laughs> cool dude. No, I heard you saying yesterday that uh, everyone's going to get new titles, and if I get to nominate my own, no, I'm going to have to start brainstorming. Jay and, and Luke were new, so they were just editors, but I think everybody's senior now, uh, and I'm kind of cutting him off. So, other guy, who are you? I'm Luke. I'm here. Um, I'm also <laughs> an editor or senior editor. Did I just get promoted? You got promoted. You got promoted. Yes. Um, first, before we start, congratulations to Luke on, you know, like, surprise wedding. Um, well done to you and your wife. And because really, Stuart... You haven't been on the podcast ever. Belated congratulations to you and your wife for having a baby. Uh, thank you. Yes, it's been a wonderful 12 weeks and five days and 11 hours. But who's Do you counting? have any advice? Do you have any advice for newly married man? Who's totally going to have a baby have tomorrow, right, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're wonderful. They're bundles of joy. Uh, and also congrats to Luke for uh, an upcoming move to San Francisco where uh, – if we can, we will definitely put you to work doing stuff in America where we don't have to fly from Australia. Yeah, that should be cool. Um, I've spoken to a couple of people and they seem very keen. So we should get some cool access, hopefully. Nice. Man, the um, international branch is opening. <laughs> it, it'll save people some flight uh, costs, I reckon. Uh, so if you listened last night or yesterday or today, I don't even know what day it is anymore. Uh, we covered... Bethesda, Microsoft, EA. Today, we're going to kind of focus on Ubisoft, the PC game show, and Square Enix. Uh, and then, because it's probably going to be a little light, we'll try to keep this to about an hour. Um, we might kind of throw back to you two and see what you thought of day one, because you didn't ever get a chance to talk about it. Um, but moving right into stuff, Watch Dogs Legion was probably the coolest bit of uh, Ubisoft's press conference, I would say. Um, old lady spy woman for the win anyone yeah that was i was surprised how cool i found that whole watchdogs thing like i'm pretty over the ubisoft um formula of game but man i'm really looking forward to that yeah i'm uh i'm a big fan of watchdogs like it's i think that initial reveal got pretty hyped up like back in the day before the xbox one was announced and that sort of stuff um but i think they're still good games like they're not they're not terrible and uh, the the whole premise of this, like being any character that you kind of want to be, is really interesting to me. It's a weird mix between you want to like identify and make a connection with the character, but also it's just permadeath, and you can't have that connection, you, you know, unless you yeah. you know you never take a risk. Um, and then like everyone maybe becomes disposable, so it's going to be a weird balance i think and i hope it kind of works out correctly and it gives you the kind of gratification you're looking for right yeah, yeah i'm kind of i'm really interested to sort of see how they they like i guess we saw a little bit in the demo of like what actually happens when you fail a mission and like how do you get back to that mission like how, how does it branch off and sort of how does the game evolve as you keep playing and that's the bits that i kind of am interested to see more of 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that they, because they can't really do their character building with, or doing their story with characters anymore, it's really going to be on the world and the world building and the, the grander narrative that they put into there. So hopefully that uh, the post-Brexit slash London falling storyline can uh, carry the heavy load there. <laughs> I think um, there's a couple NPC or not NPCs. Well, I guess they are NPCs. One of them is anyway. There's that Naomi character who was in that kind of extended cutscene where she's trying to recruit someone at a bar. Like, I feel like she's well, that's weird because they said you can recruit anyone. So I don't know if like she's a, an NPC that helps drive some narrative and you can't actually recruit her because she's, you know, cutscene fodder for when they need to do some narrative. Um, So like just a player character, I guess, um, somehow. Um, But they've also built up the AI character who I, whose name I forget. I'm just going to call him Jarvis because why not Avengers? Um, And he seems (laughs) to have a lot of personality that'll kind of take some of that load. I feel. Yeah. I also got to think that they'll, uh, they, when you get a game like this, the first thing you want to do is just like pick it, pick it apart, pick at the seams, see exactly where they've, uh, like where the magic is, where they, what tricks they've used, and people are going to do that straight away here, and it might, you know, take some of the shine off this from early on. Like if they can pull this off, it'll be super impressive. But there's going to be shortcuts that they take, and like within six hours of the internet getting a hold of this. It's going to be like, there's only seven old ladies in this game. <laughs> and I will find them all and recruit them all and I will protect them with my life. Um, they they told Kotaku that if you kill someone who's married, they'll start going to like the cemetery to mourn their loved one. And then like eventually they might kind of start consider dating again. Like they're, they're saying that every character in the world has a daily routine and a schedule. And like that just kind of seems like one of those boasts that seems cool but i don't know if they're going to be able to actually fulfill that right yeah but we'll see yeah i um what i'll what i'll say is i thought one thing that was really surprising was that they like willed out clint hawking to (laughs) to be like hey i'm i'm the one that's working on this (laughs) um who is a for people that don't know is like was the creative director of of um some amazing games like far cry 2 um splinter cell I think one and two and three. Well, he, he yeah. made a bunch of them at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the innovation that he had in like Far Cry 2, I mean, a lot of it didn't work or was like kind of awkward to play, but it gives me a lot of hope that if he takes that kind of attitude to something as big as like an open world London watchdogs game, like there could be something really special here. And you, you can tell they kind of just gave him the keys to the franchise. Like here's the, here's the, the tenets, but you know, like do what you will. So like London is suddenly, you know, like this crazy dictatorship kind of thing with killer robots floating around in the air and stuff. Um, I like, I like the kind of changes to the formula. It's not just kind of like, Oh, we're this like silent resistance, like the resistance is everywhere and you can recruit anyone. I think it's a cool kind of change. I think we should move on though. Um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, was, what did they do with it? They kind of just brought out John Berenthal and said, hey, here's a dog. It's not Keanu Reeves, but like it's close. Maybe that'll do. Um, They talked about a beta that's happening ahead of release. Uh, If you want to read a preview of the game, Ben previewed it. Like I'm excited for Breakpoint because I like Wildlands, but like there wasn't a lot that I was kind of, like there's not a lot of memorable stuff from 
breakpoints E3 2019 stuff for me, but maybe I'm wrong. You guys tell me. Sure. Did, did Ben, like, what's Ben's impressions? Because I actually haven't had a chance to, <laughs> to read it. Being a bit busy. Um, but, like, I... I like the premise and I like like the main actor they've got. He's, he's amazing in like everything he does. But to me, this being a sequel to Wildlands, it doesn't feel like it. So did he get much out of it at all? Um, he was nice to it, I think. And like I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think when you're excited about a game and you're previewing it at E3, like I think that kind of comes across in a preview. And I think the one that he wrote is kind of just like, it takes the boxes. It's it's a Ghost Recon game. Good for it. I don't I don't think really Breakpoint's up Ben's alley. Like it's not really up mine either. I'd like Wildlands, but I wouldn't play it that often. Same thing for Siege. I, like I get that Siege is well designed and like is good for people who like that kind of thing. Um, so like there's nothing really to fault, but I don't think there's a lot to be like super excited about if you're not that kind of player. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm still super keen to see more. Yeah, it, I just don't know what it is. <laughs> sorry, Stu, I cut you off. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like Ubi has actually like kind of earned a fair bit of trust on these things, like fixing games with the long tail and just like adding content to them. So, you know, you've got to give them some benefit of the doubt here. But like this didn't really, you know, didn't tickle me very much. I'm really glad they didn't come out and say, "Hey, there's 52 player battle royale." Like, what the hell? yeah that's on the roadmap (laughs) um something that was kind of disappointing unfortunately uh was the return of splinter cell's sam fisher but uh as a character in a mobile game called tom clancy's elite squad and that almost is as much as i want to say about this game but maybe you guys have some thoughts either way fart noise (laughs) um i didn't really get a grasp of what type of game it seems like a tactical some sort of tactical it's strategy called game. A, a fast um, military that, role-playing game which i don't quite get. yeah right it's a mobile game that i'm not going to play i might download to see what it looks like and then immediately just drop off and even like the the aesthetic of it everyone's kind of like blocky as if they were uh like the uh paul dini like dc cartoons of the 90s like with the really square features like it just they don't look good either it's it's like a dated design and a mobile game that i don't want to play smash that um (laughs) moving on to another tom clancy's game maybe then uh the division two year one was sort of detailed they talked about three episodes um the second will bring an eight player raid they didn't talk about any kind of matchmaking Uh, i thought they would actually they made this huge deal about um you know like you guys have been asking for it we're gonna do it um, and then they started talking about a division movie on Netflix instead of like raid matchmaking. So it all looks really good. I, I, it was one of those things again, like it looks competent, but I wasn't super excited about it. I don't know if you guys going back to New York, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. I guess that was like the big reveal, right? Is it looks like it's going to be, um, sort of tying into the events of the first game yeah i didn't quite is that the one that's like the manhunt like you have to manhunt him back to new york i kind of didn't quite get it when they were talking about it yeah yeah that's kind of what it seems like but uh that's probably a ways off still do you guys play the division two still no (laughs) 
No. I, I really like it. It's I think it's really good. Um, there's just been a lot of other things yeah. going on. I never got a chance to go check out that raid, but um, I got up to uh, like well. That's what two, I got up to too. And then I kind of ran out of stuff to do without like being super invested in it. Um, so maybe some content uh, injections will will change our minds. A Rainbow Six game that I'm really excited yep. for, though, is uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. And I'm probably excited about it because it's like a non-competitive version of Rainbow Six with the co-op shooter stuff. But it's also a sci-fi game, and I'm super excited for it. It, it looks like Rainbow Six plus Alien, and I'm I'm down. Yeah. yeah. And hey, as a co-op game, you can still have somebody yelling at you and telling you how much <laughs> you suck. Right. Did, did you actually play uh, Quarantine last time it released? No. Or- no, you didn't check it out. I should have. Damn. So it's basically like a Left 4 Dead clone, um, but with the Rainbow Six Siege operators, which was, for at the time we thought it was really weird because it, it's it was good enough to be like a game mode that was in there permanently, but they were like, no, we're going to remove it in a month, um, and they spent a lot of time putting this thing together, which when they announced it, I thought was quite strange. Um, but now that they've kind of spun it off into its own thing, that's pretty cool because I really enjoyed what they did with that game. So if that this quarantine um, like separate thing kind of touches on the things that that other sort of themed event was able to do, then I think it'll be really good. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched for this really like Left for Dead mixed with Rainbow Six. That sounds like something I will really enjoy. Like I played the heck out of Left for Dead and Left for Dead 2 and kind of been looking for something like that as a co-op experience ever since so yeah this this is really exciting and i'm kind of like i like the tom clancy games but at at a certain point there's too much like procedural military kind of stuff going on for me so if there's a bit of a like a a sci-fi slant to it i think i'll probably enjoy it a bit more but that's just me um we're flying through this which is good uh the Ubisoft Pass, which we uh, thought was a thing, isn't a thing, but it's pretty close because it's actually called Uplay Plus, but it's not like plus the word, it's plus the symbol like Apple Plus, just to make it annoying. Um, It's a Ubisoft version of a Xbox Game Pass or an EA Access. It's PC exclusive, but will come to Stadia in 2020. Uh, It's priced at €14.99 per month which is weird. They don't have any pricing that I've seen apart from the, the Euro pricing. Um, and if you sign up before a certain point in August, maybe the 15th or something, you get your first month for free. It kicks off in September uh, and you get access to like a library of a hundred games and early access to upcoming games and stuff like that. It's to me just another subscription service that I don't want to have to pay for. That sounds so expensive. 15 euro what's that going to be like 25 australian like even 20 or 15 australian is asking a whole lot especially when every man and his dog has a subscription service now like i'm just about tapped out i'm at like 100 bucks a month in subscriptions right now and xbox live ultimate has to go on top of that like no thanks so i'm a no you sound like you're a no i think Sorry, um That's okay. No, I was just going to say that I think that um, like it, it also depends on how quickly they can roll out the games in this library because they've talked about like, oh, the Division 2 will be in there, but what about their upcoming games? Like how long will it take for them to sort of wheel those into the 
the library? Is it going to be six months or will it be? It seems like it know, seems like, like straight away. The um, they they yeah. gave a list after the conference of upcoming games, and they had Breakpoint. They had. Uh, I can't think of any other game right now. Quarantine. They had all the upcoming Ubisoft games like in the list of available games. Um, and they're talking about early access right. and about yeah. like so ultimate price. editions and stuff. So you get like some bonuses that you'd get outside the standard edition. But it's still like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's looking at like, what, 200 bucks a year, something like that, maybe more. I, I don't spend that much on Ubisoft games. And the weird year. thing, I guess, about this... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Luke. I mean... Oh, no, I was just going to say that, like, I guess it depends on how many games you buy from them, right? If you're the type of person that plays Rainbow Six and and the latest Ghost Recon or whatever they've got coming out, then you might end up actually saving yeah. money from it. Um, the, the Stadia thing is the thing that really confuses me the most um kind of getting into some stadia stuff i guess now it's like a subscription to be able to stream to your device of choice i guess well not re- not really because right now it's limited to like google handsets and like chromecast but eventually you'll be able to stream to whatever you want so you pay for that subscription then if you want to do the the uplay plus thing you have to pay for that subscription you don't own a game so if you lapse on one you're kind of screwed for the other. Like, I don't, I'm, I, I can't really wrap my head around it to begin with, but I'm also not crazy about where the future is heading for games. I guess the same thing that I'm not ha- crazy about the, where like subscriptions are happening for like every publisher and their dog, like with TV and movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I am a feared for this dark future of games. Like, with Australian internet, considering we just rolled out the NBN and it's probably not good enough for what like Stadia is asking and how long until they redo that infrastructure, like 20 years, like games could leave it behind. Like we could be the Brazil of video games in 10 years time. If streaming all takes off and we're left behind. So, you know, that, that's, I was really happy. <laughs> yeah, so like I was really happy Xbox came out and was just like, hey, this box is a beast. We've gone beast technology. So we've at least got another generation where discs and downloads are the way the way to go. Uh, do you guys when do you guys think we'll get Stadia? Just randomly. So it's coming out in fourteen regions in, in uh November. Australia is not one of those for probably obvious reasons. When do you think we will get it? <laughs> 2020 yeah like late 2020 maybe early 2021 it it doesn't make much sense for financially for them to roll it out over here really so we'll be True that in the, uh, the last thing about ubisoft's conference that i want to talk about is a free-to-play game called roller champions it was kind of leaked ahead of time uh it looks right now to only be pc via uplay uh and you can get a demo and play it from now until the 14th of June at, I think, 11 in the morning, if I recall. Uh, have you guys downloaded the demo by any chance? Nope. <laughs> I intend to. I've got a soft spot for, like, these kind of games. But, like, this is a busy week. It's E3 week. I've got plenty of other things going on. Limited time demo doesn't really roll with my if lifestyle. If I admit that I've days. downloaded it and played, like, three matches, would you guys judge me? Because I have, and I did. Um, it's no. not bad. Um, so I have like a Surface 
uh, book two, which is not like super duper powerful, but like not, it's not bad. Um, it was pretty smooth. Like, I don't think it's very uh, like demand intensive in terms of hardware and stuff. So it, it looked good. It played well. It was smooth. It has the aesthetic of kind of like a, a Fortnite-y uh, aesthetic with like Nintendo arms colors and like design flair uh it's it's basically roller derby you're in a like a it's not an oval is that an oval like a like a elongated o shape um and uh there's six people on a field two teams you hold down the right trigger because it really wants you to use a controller to play the game it it basically tells you that in like a five or six minute tutorial video that you just watch before you play uh you hold down the right bumper or the right trigger to skate uh when you kind of go up the ramp you hold the left trigger to kind of like crunch down and and gain speed as if you were like skiing and kind of tuck in um there's an x button that gives you either the ability to kind of like body check someone or to try to faint when you have the ball uh you don't have to do anything to pick up the ball you just skate into it if it's free and you can take it uh y will let you pass the ball but like randomly as far as i can tell you can only pass the ball if a teammate also hits y and you kind of sync it up so you can like pass to one another or like request the ball and then get a pass um Mm -hmm. and the stadium is so big and the camera's kind of pulled out so far it's sort of hard to see where the ball is if no one has it and there's kind of like on-screen prompts that that help out but it takes a while to kind of get what they mean. Um, it's sort of fun. It's sort of Rocket League. It's sort of not like I'm not. I've only played three games. It's probably like a half an hour worth of game time. I'm not convinced it's great. I'm not like against it, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's probably more effort than it would be worth to play it and learn how to play it properly. If that makes sense. Yeah. That passing mechanic sounds like a really good idea when you're testing it with you know, people who know how to play and in land environments and that kind of thing. And as soon as you get online, like having to both push a button to pass, like, no, that's not going to happen. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and you gain like Forza Horizon kind of fans as you progress rather than like an XP, uh, like a leveling system. So like I was, I had one fan when I started. I think I ended up with... 56 or something by the time I'd finished but there were people playing that had like 2,000 fans and paired with people in matchmaking who had two fans so like this the skill gap right now is is crazy different um it's in early access basically with this I'm I'm gonna say so like it has promise but I'm not sure it's a great game it's free to play though so like what do you got to lose yeah uh remind me a little continue- yeah Give it a try. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah. I might you have a couple days. Anything from Ubisoft that you want to talk about that I just kind of glazed over? I Did they end on on Roller Champions? Was that what they ended on? Um. Yes. No, Gods and Monsters. The Zelda-like oh, thing made by the guys who made Odyssey, which kind of just looked pretty, and I don't really get the point of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a really weird thing for them to end on. I like 
the moment that conference ended, I was pretty confused because they cut to the Rainbow Six Siege uh, challenges, whatever it was they were doing. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. wait, Here's T-Pain. <laughs> yeah, what's, T-Pain's still around? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess we're watching Siege now. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm all right with that, but it was still a weird thing to sort of just stop the conference and be like, we're done. See ya. Um, they didn't start with Just Dance 2020. They kind of just stuck it in the middle and had this weird like pep talk. Kind of disappointed, to be honest. Like I kind of live for Just Dance, if I'm going to be honest with you guys. Yeah. The big question is, is there a Wii U version? I saw the articles. There's all of us making Wii, but Wii U just it's ditched. It skipped Wii uh, U for Wii because everyone has a Switch that that decided to buy a Wii U and most people didn't buy a Wii U because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the other surprising thing was no Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, but they said that. Um, they did a... they in, in the same way that like Eve Gilmo said, we're not doing a Splinter Cell, don't get your hopes up. And it turns out they didn't do a Splinter Cell, so don't get your hopes up. They said, like, we're not talking about Beyond Good and Evil, which is kind of weird in that you'd think that they would, but at least they were upfront about it. So they did like a little live stream a week before and gave you some updates, but right. Uh, I, I would be shocked if that was that in development thing. hell. It, uh, it has a cool engine, but I don't know if they have a lot of gameplay attached to it from what I saw last year, if I'm being honest. Um, Luke, can we talk about that thing that you were sort of talking to me about a rumor that obviously was unsubstantiated or do you want to just let it go? Oh, uh, yeah, I had. I won't say where I heard it or where they got their information from, um, but it was. Am I putting you in a weird spot? You don't have to talk no, about. No, it. it was basically Sorry. in relation to um, the uh, the Predator mission in Wildlands a, a while back. I think it was in twenty eighteen. No, twenty seventeen. Um, yeah. they, they randomly put like a mission where you would go and hunt the Predator, um, and it was amazing. Which was why. Yeah, it was great for that year um and anyway so there was uh someone i know was talking to some people and were they were basically saying like if you thought that was really good you you know wait till you see this other thing that's coming out um and then that led us looking into like all right what what exactly is going on here (laughs) and uh we thought it was going to be like a predator game um but it turns out it was the terminator teaser um so Terminator is coming to, to whatever it is they're doing. Terminator is coming to everything. It's in, is it in uh, Breakpoint? It was Breakpoint, wasn't it? Yeah. Terminator is going to be the new third man for this podcast. Well, yeah. Breakpoint and also um, Gears 5. Like, you get a Terminator. You get a Terminator. You get it. Yeah. yeah. That movie better be good. Uh, Luke, I think you're probably going to take point on this one because I am exhausted and I didn't watch the uh, PC gaming show. So were there any highlights that you wanted to kind of talk about? Probably with Stu because I'm just going to be useless for the next however long. Right. Did you watch it, Stu? Uh, no, I just followed the uh, followed the trailers in the morning. It was too much right. for me to <laughs> do two mornings in a row. Well, I I don't know if I watch it every year, but I was like, oh, I may as well. It was the last one that I watched today. Um, and surprisingly, I thought it was really good. They showed a lot of stuff throughout the um, 
the two hours or whatever it was like they would roll out a trailer and then bring the developers on and then the ve- developers would talk about it for a bit with um day nine who hosts it every year and then they'd show like another trailer or like some gameplay stuff so um i thought that the actual event was was pretty good they put on uh so they kick things off with a game called midnight ghost hunt which is an asymmetrical four versus four ghost hunting game um it's got like a sort of cartoony style aesthetic to it it looks like and basically you've got a team of ghosts that are able to inhabit objects in the world and uh ghost hunters come in and then need to try and find them sort of like a detective game and then at a certain point if the ghost hunters actually don't find all these ghosts and get rid of them then the game switches and the ghosts become like super op and powerful and uh and then it's like the ghost versus the hunters and things flip um, it takes a lot of inspiration from a game called Prop Hunt, which was a Gary's Mod game from from way back. And we've oh, seen nice. a bunch of other games sort of take that idea and run with it. Um, in, in particular, there was a Prey update recently or, or within the last year or so that sort of took that idea and, um, you know, made it into a multiplayer game for Prey. Uh, so that looked really interesting. Yeah, that I was pretty impressed by that. Like, it's just... I'm always on the lookout for like those weird kind of non-traditional multiplayer games, and yeah, that looks that looks pretty like it had some fair promise. Yep. Um, then they dragged out Funcon Games, uh, who they did like a quick montage of what, sort of what they're working on, and it was Mutant Year Zero: Seed of Evil, which is a an add-on for Mutant Year Zero. I don't know if you guys have played that, but it's a really fantastic sort of XCOM inspired. Uh, like a turn-based mixed I, with real-time strategy game. It's it's really good. I'm down with Howard the Duck XCOM. That's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's... laughs> um, and then they showed Conan Unconquered really quickly, which came out last week or two weeks ago. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's sort of a, a take on They Are Billions made by the Command & Conquer guys. <laughs> um, I just, I don't... Uh, don't like it that much. <laughs> what I've played. Uh, have you guys checked it out yet? Nah. No. No. Are there are there peens in it? Because Conan was all about the peens. So if there's not peens in this one, like I don't know what the appeal is. Maybe I just played the first level, so I'm not <laughs> sure. But you don't have a peen until until level three. Clearly. Yeah, they're gonna make you play past the uh, Steam refund some point for that. For two hours. <laughs> Yeah, is this where they is this where they talked about chop chop as well, or is that did I just because that I, was in this section? Oh, okay, yeah. The third game they they talked sorry the third game they talked about was called Moons of Madness, which looks like a um uh well sorry they showed a trailer. It looks like a first person sort of space horror game, and uh, you know I, I played uh, what was it Observation I think I played recently, and uh, it kind of reminded me of oh yeah I'd I'd go for another one of those types of games again. Is it like I that? Really like that. Oh, okay, because observation is amazing. It, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but it's kind of when I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I, I just played this other game that I really liked. It was a sort of a, a story-driven horror game set in space, so why not keep that going? Um, so, yeah, uh, it's nice. kind of on my radar now. Uh, and then you mentioned, Steve, the uh, Conan Chop Chop game, which they this developer called um, Mighty Kingdom... Uh, released some sort of trailer or something on April 1st and everybody thought it was a joke. It was like this 
top-down action adventure sort of uh, Zelda-like game featuring the Conan characters and everyone's like, oh, it's a joke, ha, 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 funny, funny. Uh, but it turns out that's an actual game. Um, <laughs> the so, joke was on us. Yeah, we all got joked. But uh, I just want to mention that game because it's an Australian developer um, based out of Adelaide. Nice, I didn't know that. Fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's a roguelite action adventure game. Uh, I'm sure, you know, it looks interesting at least. So people are pretty hyped about that one for something that was apparently a joke at one stage. But I'm keen to check it out. Well, Adelaide is kind of a joke at every stage. So, Ooh, <laughs> hitting Adelaide when the, the one man that can defend it isn't here. He's at E3. Fuck that guy. He's having fun. So, that's. And we're not. About that. No, we are having fun. Uh, anything else from PC Gaming Show? There sure is. Sure oh. is, Steve. Uh, <laughs> the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. We got our first look at some gameplay of that. Um, that's a hugely anticipated game coming out um, very soon. So it looks, yeah, it looks amazing. Like the the sort of world that that game is already set in. I'm a fan of that series. So um, it's definitely going to be one to keep an eye out for. Uh, what else is there? Chivalry 2 was another surprise. I guess Mordhau <laughs> is a game that everybody's been talking about. Yeah, right now, the timing is- couldn't have been worse, hey? Yeah, this medieval um, like simulated sword fighting game and and Mordhau is sort of based off of Chivalry. And then so now Chivalry 2 is coming out and it's the original creators that teaming up with Tripwire Interactive to bring a, a sequel to a, you know, a seven-year-old, six-year-old game, um, which from what they just got a spiritual sequel. Yeah. They just got a spiritual sequel from some like other people that worked on chivalry. Um, So I don't know if you guys have managed to play Mordhau, but it it seemed to grab a lot of that chivalry audience and uh, at least chivalry too. It seems like they're doing some really creative things with objective based um, sort of like things you need to go out and do while the, you know, while also defending areas and whatnot, um, you know, giant catapults and trying to break down fortress doors and that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there could be a bit of a head-on battle between Mordhau and Chivalry too, very soon. Which which do you prefer, or is it too um, early to call? I've never played Chivalry, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I know that like a lot of that audience sort of. Th- like walked away from it in the last couple of years. They didn't kind of like the direction that that, that game was going in, um, which is why Mordhau was sort of this huge thing that just blew up out of nowhere. Like I went to um, that Borderlands 3 uh, preview trip and Mordhau released like that weekend and, and everybody was talking about it on this trip. And I came back and like everybody was streaming it and it was all over the place. Um, so I kind of yeah. missed that initial couple of days, but I got in and, yeah, it's a really fun game. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Hey, like it was just the biggest thing all of a sudden. Yep. Um, some more stuff here. Remnant from the Ashes, which is an action game that's inspired or it looks like it's inspired by Dark Souls and Bloodborne, like from software games. Um, this is interesting because made by the creators of Darksiders, um, like their classic THQ game that was released, started a couple of years back where you'd play it like, the good ones, yeah. <laughs> One and two. Um, I think three is being made by a different three and four. I guess are being made by 
Anyway, yeah, like um, it's still to be seen. Like it just reminded me of the you know massive boss fights in Dark Souls, but then um, also yeah, the whole like Dark Siders kind of got me interested because I really like those first two games. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, another <laughs> there's more stuff here. They uh, Patrice Desolée came out and talked about ancestors. Yeah, um, I still don't know what this game is. It's and Patrice has done his job. He, yeah, he's continuing this game up pretty hard because it's. Uh, it seems like you're playing, uh, you know, apes, you know, millions or billions of years ago, and he's talking about like how they haven't really created a story for the game that that like people will be able to make their own stories and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know what that game is, but I'm interested about it. It looks um, like it's got me. Think like the same way that Hideo Kojima has has shown off all this stuff about Death Stranding, and I have no fucking clue what that game is about um, at all. But you know, I mean, still... <laughs> right, dude. It's about strands. Yeah, strands. How do you not understand this? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I can't um, wait. Uh, Gearbox came out quickly and talked about Borderlands 3. They they showed off a, another new character um, and talked about her abilities. And uh, obviously, they, they released some DLC for Borderlands 2, um, which I quickly had a chance to play some of it today. Um, some of, I'm, I've only played about an hour and a half, um, but yeah, like I, I'm a big fan of borderlands so uh yeah like i'll play whatever they they dish out so yeah um I definitely it's it's probably my most anticipated game of this year for borderlands 3 so i'll play whatever they throw at me <laughs> and um you know if it gives me an excuse to fire up borderlands 2 and just sort of see what they're doing with that then yeah i'll, I'll jump in and and play more uh, i guess what i'm curious to see is like how long how much content is actually in there um but yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else is here? Uh, Man Eater, which is a single player action role playing game where you play a shark. And I don't care what anybody says, that is amazing. Yeah. This has been, um, this was announced a while back, and it's, it's definitely like a game to keep an eye out for. Um, it's, uh, I think the guy described it as like a, Grand Theft Auto, but you're a shark. <laughs> Which is Man, I just amazing. no words. Hey, that just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I can't um, wait. Yeah, it looks it looks really dumb. Like you should watch it, but there's um there's some been some really good shark games coming out the last couple of years, and this one looks fantastic. So <laughs> it could be a bit of a sleeper. Yeah, real underrated genre, that one, the old shark simulator. Yeah. Uh, the next game I'll talk about is one that, strangely, I am really excited for. It's called Telling Lies, and it is a a game where you watch video footage and you basically are watching this footage and, and it, you piece together the story about what's going on. Um, it's like a live-action motion video which is it's the guys from the story right 
because it's made by the person that made her story. No, no, like, yeah. So it's made by um, Sam Barlow who, who created her story. And I really uh, was a fan of that game. It was, it was very well done for a, you know, uh, like an indie game that just kind of released out of nowhere and you were literally just watching video footage and putting together this awesome story. And I thought it was, it was really well done. Um, this one is being produced by Logan Marshall Green um, and also starring him as well, which you'd know that guy from, um, I like to call him fake Tom Hardy. Um, but you would have seen him in shows like The OC, Prometheus, The Invitation, um, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming as uh, Shocker. Um, and most recently, he was in a film called Upgrade, um, which was directed and written by Lee Warnell, who's an Australian filmmaker that created um, films such as Saw and Insidious. So uh, very... You'd know, yeah, you'd recognize him. Like, he's not he's not someone you see in, like, big movie star roles, but... Um, you he's an extra he's a very good actor like i feel like everything i've seen him in he's been outstanding and um it, particularly if, you, if nobody has seen upgrade go watch that movie it is it's fantastic um but yeah this game like it looks it's like a, a step up from her story where you're um it's telling you this story between the perspective of four different um characters and you're kind of watching them I guess, talk to whoever there is they're talking to, but you're trying to solve the mystery of sort of what's going on. Um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> if, if you would have told me this would be like one of the most interesting games that I saw coming out of E3, uh, it wouldn't have been this thing, but yeah, I'm super pumped for it. It's, it, um, it's got me really jazzed. So looks, yeah, cool. like whatever he was going to do after her story, like it was an instant buy after that, like just so much goodwill built up after that one. So, it's nice to know that it's actually like a looks exciting, like looks like it's a step up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they ended on Baldur's Gate three, but they kind of just like, didn't really like show any new footage. It was just that same teaser trailer. They were revealed um, the other day and they just kind of talked about the game a bit more. So um, yeah, a bit of a bummer. They ended on that one, but I guess people were sort of clamoring for anything about that game. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of fitting for the PC game show, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I thought, yeah, I thought they had a really good lineup. Like there was a lot of stuff there that I saw that I thought was really fun and interesting and and different. Um, I think they probably had one of the better conferences out of everyone. Yeah. No, I was just going to say there's uh, there's so many games on the fringe now that like don't get a spot in. Well, there's no Sony conference anymore. So unless you're on Microsoft's show, like there's plenty of like for want of a better word dregs to clean up and throw into a uh, two hour show. So like I think PC gaming show is going to probably be must watch next year. Not the kind of funny show, probably. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Square, though, next. Uh, there was a lot of Final Fantasy stuff that I just didn't understand nor care about. Uh, I want to talk about four things in mm-hmm. Square and kind of just ignore the rest. Uh, the 
two Final Fantasy remakes, the proper like super remade Final Fantasy seven and the like remastered, I guess, uh, Final Fantasy eight. I watched it. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's an interesting way of doing like re like old games. Um, I think the last one that I thought was quite a, a unique way of doing that was Resident Evil. Um, so the first. Yeah, so I think they're really that's like a cool way of doing that. Not only are you getting uh, an updated like looking version of the game, but the mechanics are updated. Like it doesn't feel like an old game. Because like that doesn't launch, like it doesn't translate usually that sort of stuff. So, um, as someone who did not play a lot of Final Fantasy VII, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, oh yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, as, as who, yeah, just saying, as someone who did play a lot of Final Fantasy VII, like pretty much the last thing I wanted at this point was a beat for beat remake of it. So it's nice to see them. It's almost just like kind of loosely inspired by Final Fantasy VII. And here's new mechanics. You know, hopefully there's a whole bunch of twists on the story. They expand on a few things here and there. Like I'm real. I'm really glad that this is. You know, seems to be back on the right track. Yeah, I. If you want a beat for beat thing, play Final Fantasy VIII remastered on Xbox One, PS4, PC, uh, Switch, and I think Stadia. I can't remember because that's just like better resolution what? and stuff. Um, FF Seven has crazy like new combat mechanics i'm really excited for sorry to cut you off luke um they've got like this it's kind of like a mixture between like the turn-based of seven and i guess like the active time battles of what like 12 13 onward so you can like slash your sword with with uh square i think or x and it sort of damages but you build up an atb bar and you want to build up that bar properly to either like command your other party members to do a move or to do something cool, like to uh, use an item or a, a spell or like something within your materia. And that's like where the, the most of your damage is going to come through. Um, and if you play it kind of the way that I think I will, you can kind of like slow down the game and kind of almost make it a turn-based thing again, but not so I'm, I'm like i'm really excited for i don't quite understand it fully but i'm super excited for what potential yeah. there is i think it, I um think. the last final fantasy game that i played uh the main one and i don't know what number it is is was it 13 <laughs> um i think that, that i had a setting in there where you could actually pause time when you stopped moving something like that um sounds vaguely familiar yeah it was it was the final fantasy the action um you know, like an action game where it didn't, it wasn't turn based or, you know, it didn't stop. Yeah. It might have been, was sure it wasn't 15. It might have been one of the, like, the 13 2 or 13 3, whatever they did with it. But it was the ones with the guys in the car where you're pushing the car around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 15. Finishing off the Square press conference was a pretty divisive, divisive, depending on where you're from uh, and how you say that game uh, called Marvel's Avengers, which. Uh, because it's a video game, stars Troy Baker and Nolan North, uh, and some kind of crappy-looking Avengers costumes. It's like a RPG multiplayer-esque game where you play as the Avengers, I think, five years after they disband, after a catastrophic accident. And what do you guys think about it? I'm kind of like, eh, I was I was super excited for it, now I'm a little less so seeing it. Yeah, I think a lot of the people that um 
were hyped or not like looking forward to this game thought it was going to be like an mcu uh tie-in but it isn't it's not it's a it's a marvel games property um and it's sort of set in their own universe like maybe marvel games is just kind of setting up their own uh what would you call it? Marvel Games Universe, <laughs> and like <laughs> doing his own thing, you know, in New York. And this game is going to be set in San Francisco, on the um on the West Coast. Yes, West Coast. And uh, yeah, and I had to think about it um, on the West Coast. And like, yeah, they they could just be doing their own thing. But I um. There wasn't like a lot in there that I saw in terms of what was the gameplay. Like there were bits and pieces in there that kind of looked like gameplay, but it was kind of hard to tell what was gameplay and what was a cinematic sort of cutscene. Yeah, I, I think without the MCU tie-in, like this is dead on arrival. Hey, like the movies are just like they're as big as they've been, and then you're going to release like cut price imitation looking Avengers. Like no one's going to be able to look past that, even if the game's good and the game looked just, yeah, there. Like, I mean, but like a counterpoint to that is Spider-Man, right? Marvel Spider-Man on PlayStation Four it sold. It's like the third highest selling game Sony's ever put out on PlayStation Four. But Spider-Man's costume and stuff looked cool from day one. Like it was different, but like in a cool like what, what like what's with the white? Like that's weird. Like it it it's like a small aesthetic change, but like it was it made right. me curious where like you look at the design of Thor or Captain America, like Iron Man's pretty much just Iron Man. Like it's hard to screw that up, but like, and same like with Black Widow is, it, it was mostly Thor and Cap. I'm mean, just like, they look like fat fit, skinny. We like, they just look weird. And I'm like, I don't get that whole visual. And then trying to marry, like he doesn't look like Chris Evans at all. And I'm so accustomed to seeing Cap look like Chris Evans. Like it just, it was, that was really hard for me to process. And then uh, like, I don't know, like I, I'm kind of keen for it, but I'm not. The Iron Man flight looks like anthony, mm-hmm. which I'm keen for as long as they nail that. But like, yeah, you're right. Like you can't really gauge the gameplay at yeah. all from what we've seen. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the bit that, that, whether or not this game is any good is when we start seeing some actual gameplay with you know hot elements like what's the actual game um because i'm sure that they'll it, like if any if marvel spider-man is anything to go by and what marvel games did with that um i think they're gonna be yeah like the storytelling at least the story seems interesting to me as a giant fucking marvel nerd um i'm definitely keen to see more of it i just want to know what the game is like what's the gameplay because i'm the story seems really interesting um you know they're not it's not based off of anything that i know in that uh in like the comic book series um and so yeah i i'm definitely keen and, and imagine if like it turns out that no spider-man is in this game and he's marvel spider-man because they did mention like oh we've got some sony um uh exclusives and they talked about I guess, added content. But they also said like, oh, we've also got some other surprises in store. And that makes me think that maybe there is a Marvel Spider-Man tie into this. And that sucks for me because like one, I hate platform exclusive content. 
this reminds me of Destiny 2 in so many ways. Like the story, like, oh, you're on top of the world. And then like the world explodes and you got to pick up the pieces. Like that's Destiny's story. And that seems like Avengers story. So that's one comparison. Two is like, there is all this content and like timed exclusivity that seems to be tied to PS4, like the beta that you can register for right now. It's only PS4. And absolutely spider-man's going to be in this game but it seems like spider-man's only going to be in this game on ps4 which like let's be honest i'm going to play it on xbox and i'm going to be pissed off but not pissed off enough to not like get my achievements and play the ps4 version i'm just going to play xbox and just one thing i suppose quickly on bethesda i just never thought that i would see bethesda conference where the shooters were the important interesting part it was all all the shooters look great everything else like Fallout 76, like, good luck to them. I know they've got to see this one through to the end, but, like, good luck. But Doom and Wolf both looked so good, and then Deathloop looked really interesting too. So, you know, that's what I'm excited for out of Bethesda, which I did not think I'd ever be saying five years ago. Mm. And Commander Keen ruined it all. God damn it. Anyway, um, I think that's probably, let's put a pin in it. Thank you guys so much for your time. I appreciate it very much. Thanks to uh, Jay and to Hamish for last night. And sorry that it didn't go as planned. I think the idea is uh, we'll start rotating in a third person as soon as we can make sure the tech works. Um, so you guys are totally welcome to join. Uh, it might be harder for you, Luke, now that you're in San Fran in the next little while. But, um, or not little while, but like in a little while, you're going to be in San Fran. Uh Anyway, I'm rambling. Thank you guys so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, you can yeah, find this was wonderful. On, well, there you go. You can find the site on Survivor. Uh, you can find me at SWriteAU on social media. Luke, how can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. On My username is at Luke Laurie, L-A-W-R-I-E. And podcast, uh, like, oh, the, I do a world expert. Yeah, come on, stop pimping here. Yeah, it's called The Gap. Um, we're on all major platforms, iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, um, or you can go to the GA podcast com and check that out. And we talk about video games for about two to three hours every week. I think this is the first time you've actually been on the Survivor podcast, and I think I've been on Gap no, a couple I, times. So couple have times. you been on once? Oh, yeah. but see, I'm just stupid. I'm so tired, guys. Like, it's been a shitty couple days for me. I'm really <laughs> happy to be dead. And thanks to Ben, who is in LA, who's just going to cover Nintendo for us, our last press conference of E3, so I can sleep, because it's at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and blech. Um, Stu, how can we find you? All right. Uh, on Twitter, at Galenium, which is double L, double N. Other than that, Survivor's the only place I write for, very, very occasionally these days. Children and... <laughs> No, life will do that to you but hey no i'll always be around here to review the next rugby league game that comes out yes thanks for listening thanks for joining us and we are out of here thanks